1: For more than a century, the Green Bay Packers have been a benchmark for football excellence. Thousands of players have helped pave the way, and we're here to tell you their stories. I'm Wayne Larrabee. This is the Packers Alumni Spotlight. Running back Eddie Lee Ivory was drafted in the first round of the 1979 NFL draft out of Georgia Tech. He came to Green Bay with great expectations. Unfortunately, injuries on the field shortened his career, while addiction nearly cost him his life. But before Georgia Tech and Green Bay, Eddie was raised right by a grandmother who was his biggest influence early on.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, My my grandmother was like my, my father, my grandfather, my mother. Uh, she just was the backbone of my family because I grew up around uh, f- uh, three women, my grandmother, my mother, and my sister. And, and, and when grandmamas speak, uh, you better listen because if you don't do what she asks you to do, you're going to have shoes flying your way. Anything that's in her sight, she's going to get your attention. I think that helped me along the way to pay attention in school. So uh, when I got the opportunity to go to a school like Georgia Tech, uh, my, my grandmother had already prepared me by paying attention.
1: Pepper Rogers, your coach at Georgia tech once called you the greatest football player he's ever seen. Tell me about that relationship. Uh, did you have a close one with Pepper Rogers or what, how did that make you feel? <laughs> Absolutely. I, think me mean, uh,
0: coach Roger, we kind of bonded the first time that we met because he came down to my high school and he knew how much I love playing basketball. And so he comes out on the court, and he challenged me until, uh, with a uh, long-range shot, because it wasn't three points back in those days, but it was at the distance of long-range. And lo and behold, uh, that man, uh, he beat me, I, and I was unbelievable. Yes, he beat me out of a game that I really enjoy playing a lot. But we kind of bonded right off the bat, uh, uh, and when I saw that, he only he not only cared for me as a football player, but... He really generally cared for me as a person because one of the first things Coach Rogers said to me, he said, Italy, he said, we want you to graduate from Georgia Tech. That was his word. Lo and behold, when I finished my career here with Green Bay, I think when I got drafted, I didn't graduate. I, I uh, my, my eight years, nine years was up with Green Bay Packers. I went back to my high school. I was down there coaching and, um, uh, uh, coaching my high school. And I get a call back from Georgia Tech, and by way of uh, Dick Bashwit in Pepper just say, Eddie Lee, after nine, 10 years, get your butt back up here and graduate. So he held to his promise
1: 10 years later. 10 years after you left Georgia Tech? Yes.
0: They put me back on scholarship, and I was able to graduate and get my degree.
1: Wow, degree in industrial management. That's phenomenal. That is good. That someone is true to his word, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I think one of the, the, the best thing that I think he did for me to get my career rolling is that Coach Roger has been running the wishbone all his life. While in UCLA, he came down to Georgia Tech. He implemented the wishbone down there for my three years. And we were having kind of, you know, a mediocre season and not really, really, really good season. And my last year, my fourth year, he brought me in the office, and he said, "Eddie, we're gonna put you in the I formation. And when he did, that gave me an opportunity to showcase the talent that God had blessed me with. By running the I, only one year. Wow. I, I wish, uh, I go back and I said, no, Coach, why didn't you make that decision about three years?" <laughs> <laughs> But you were but, st- <laughs> uh, running the, uh, the the I formation for year, one year, and still be put in a position and to be the first round draft choice for the Green Bay Packers uh, was an awesome thing that he did for me in my career.
1: Yeah, I think it, when you left school as the all time leading rusher at Absolutely. Georgia Tech, and then your first round draft choice of the Green Bay Packers, Bart Starr calls you on the phone. What did you think?
0: Uh, actually, it was Zeke McCaskey. Oh, was Zeke. Yeah, it was Zeke. I was out in California and. Uh, of course, I didn't know who Zeke Bancas was because I didn't know who the running back coach was. And here I am waiting on the Falcons because I had been promised by the Falcons that if I was still around in the first round, that they was going to draft me. Well that didn't happen. And so I'm kind of devastated wondering that, well, well who else consider me as their number one pick? I, I, I don't know. And sure enough, I guess I was the best of the, of the rest that were left on the board. <laughs> But now Zeke called me, and uh, it was a beautiful thing to be able to play for an organization that I watched all throughout my years of growing up.
1: Selected with the 15th pick in the 1979 draft, he was to be the bell cow and coach Bart Starr's offense, but not right away. You see, the Packers had Turdell Middleton ahead of him, so Eddie Lee moved to fullback. And my picking work. Well,
0: well, how are they going to put both of us in there? Well, right, I come to find out later well Jordale was going to be the tailback and I was going to be the fullback. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. I just got moved to tailback last year. Now now you want me to move again to fullback. And of course I did. And I think that probably kind of contributed. Because um, uh, I had to put on some weight and I never, I never played over uh, 195 pounds. And I think when I got to Green Bay, I was asked to put on some weight to to play fullback, and cause that 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 crucial game in Chicago on that turf, I told my ten-year uh, crucial ligament.
1: You had two major injuries, I believe, both left knee injuries, uh, yes. in two of your first three years in the league. Yes. Um, and back then, knee surgery wasn't quite what it is today. It was pretty much major. There's a career that. Um, could have been tremendous and get and the injury situation. Do you feel like y- your career was a little unfulfilled because of those injuries? Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like it was unfulfilled because
0: of the, uh, the strike season that we had because I was, I think at that time, I was pretty much recovering from my knee injury. Uh, I-, I had, ca- um, I came back in 1980, I believe, and almost had a thousand yards, 900 plus yard rushing. And then, of course, that 8-1 was devastating, same place, same, same field, same knee. hurt heard again. And I think that when that happened and we came back that 8-2 season, I started listening to the critics about how running backs are never the same after having not only one surgery, but after going through two knee surgeries, they'll never be the same. And so I started listening to that, and I began to get scared, and I began to be fearful of my career, and I started making some bad choices. And then when we had the strike, it gave me the opportunity to go out there and do whatever I needed to do to, to, to ease the feeling that I, have, I had of, oh, man, my career's about over.
1: You fought and fought the good fight with one of the greatest demons anyone could, uh, could take on. And that is substance abuse that's drug abuse Absolutely. and is that where it kind of began that part of your career where you're wondering can i ever make it back
0: absolutely absolutely without a doubt that's when it began because when we had that strike she's not that gave me opportunity to go out uh, and not be a part of an organization that's trying to prepare the, the, for the football team so i had a lot of part of the time i would hate to put it like that on our hands And I truly believe, you know, I'll never look back over and say, you know, if God has done this, because it is what lives. I think I had to go through what I had to go through for me to be the person that I am today. But when I did go through it, that I realized that, wow, what could have been? What could have been? That's a question that you and I would never know. But I knew this. I knew that when I got on that football field. Um, I gave it all I had. I gave it all I had. No Every question. play. I'm coaching now, and when I tell the kids, they ask you, how do you do it? I said, you go out there and you run one play at a time, and you run it full speed. That's all you do. And whatever talent that you've been blessed with, you're going to make the adjustment to who you are. Just run it full speed. And that's how I did it. Of course, the game is played a little different now, so, you know, uh, I think if I were playing these days, I, I might well last instead of nine years, I might have had about 15 years. <laughs> yeah. No, you had yeah. tremendous yeah.
1: talent, Eddie. Uh, you were a franchise running back coming out of college. It just didn't work out with the injuries, and then you battled the substance abuse. I want to go back to 1983, start of the season. You guys had come off a playoff win over St. Louis. There were high hopes for the 83 team, but you were battling a cocaine issue. And Bart Starr called you into his office. I can't think of anyone who would be more compassionate than him, and Bart later lost a son to addiction. So he knew what was... Tell me about that meeting and and about Bart Starr and the way he handled that meeting with you.
0: Well, he he brought me in and uh, obviously, you know, we had random drug tests and um, I, I had failed the drug test. And so he brought me in and he simply asked me, was I okay? And he was looking at me, it almost looked like he had tears in his eyes, because he knew that uh, I was not being honest with him, and I said, yes, sir, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, sir. And uh, and as we began to talk, uh, I, I think I had got tired of playing game with myself, and playing game with the great May Packer organization. So I got brutally, brutally honest with Coach Starr. and said, so Coach called, please help me. And for a man, could have ended my career right then and there because I had failed a drug test. But instead, he chose to help by allowing me to go seek help. And, and when I did, it allowed me to play Five more years?
1: Yeah. Thirty years later, it's still emotional, isn't it?
0: Well, people don't understand that Mark saved my career playing in professional football. Coach start saved my life. Because I could have been going out there using and, and that could have been it. But when he gave me the opportunity to seek help, and, 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 and to realize that uh, that football is only part of life. That's not who you are, Italy. That's something that you're good at you're doing, but not, that's not who you are. But all my life, that's all I've done. So I had no other identity whatsoever. And that identity was, was about to become one of those homeless, sleepless addicts out in the street if it had not been for Barstow.
1: There was still a fight ahead though. You still have many, many years ahead to battle that, oh, oh, did you? Oh, uh, absolutely.
0: Uh, the battle was still there until uh, uh, when I, uh, I moved to Tampa, uh, my my family left, uh, my family had got tired of my craziness and so they decided to go to separation, rightfully so, because of my children's safety. October 28th 1998, it's when I called the NFL Players Association, and I asked them, and I cried out to them. I said, "Man, look, can y'all please help me?" Once again, I'm crying out, and I've tried several different things. Uh, Georgia Tech, and uh, he uh, uh, came in and and, uh, and allowed me to play. Uh, uh, go to uh, Peachtree Charter uh, Rehab Center right there in Atlanta. They was trying to help, but. Uh, but one thing that I found out through addiction, you just can't help nobody who don't want to be helped. I was finally sick and tired of uh, sick and tired of being sick. I called the NFL Player Association. They called me down there in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, uh, from Washington D.C., called me in Thompson, and from Thompson. Uh, I went to Atlanta and the rest is history. Here I sit for you here before you today, what, 22, 23? I'm... You're so surprised by the grace of God.
1: Wow, it's amazing when you battle something like that, it's you, it's, it's really it. you. Yeah. I mean, you, the help helps, but nope. it's really you, isn't A- it? it?
0: Absolutely, it, it really, 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 really come more down to you. Uh, or do you really want to get help? Are you really sick and tired of being sick? And it's, it's come down to a personal decision. And you eventually know. You know. Uh, don't, don't let nobody tell you the uh, addict that, you know, yeah, he know. You know when you are sick and tired. It's just a matter of uh, swallowing that ego, that pride, and say, okay, I'm no longer trying to save my face. I'm trying to save my life today. Now, you can say whatever you want to say about Eddie Lee Ivory and his career as an addict. Right now, I'm trying to save my life
1: and by the grace of God. The strength of a grandmother and the discipline of football helped him beat his greatest opponent. Today, Eddie Lee Ivory is back at his hometown of Thompson, Georgia, where his experience in both football and life make him an invaluable coach and mentor to the young people in his community.